It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome to Girls in Golf. I'm Lex, joined by Sarah as always, and we're really excited for our guest this week. He's been gracing television screens for almost 30 years. He started out in the world of sports reporting in Oklahoma City, has had a few other appearances on HGTV, maybe Sabrina the Teenage Witch. (laughs) And in 2002, he found his home on one of the longest running reality shows and its family of spinoffs. Not only is he still the host of the Bachelor franchise, he is crowned Miss America. He has his own line of canned rosé, has a wine cellar that I only dream about, and has been a regular participant in the AT&T Pro-Am for the last few years. He's a guest on our old web show, Callaway Live, and he voices the intro to our podcast. Welcome, Chris Harrison. Thank you for being here. Wow. Lexi, Sarah, how you doing? <laughs> doing good. That was quite the introduction, Lex. Nice you job. Know. Thank you. Thank for, you. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. I've missed you uh, both. It's, I've missed everybody the last eight months. I know it's been it's been so weird. But now you're back out filming in quarantine. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Can you tell me anything about where you are? Um, I am um, in the uh, the Eastern time zone, as you know, because we've been trying mm-hmm. to book this uh, podcast <laughs> here. Um, and it uh, I tell you this. Watching sports out east, and I know a lot of people have grown up out here or whatever. I have not. Um, it's a beating. You know, when I'm trying to watch the World Series or any of these baseball games or Monday Night Football, you have to be up to like one in the morning. This is ridiculous. All right. I, I, I'm yeah. demanding a change. But no, we are not in the desert where we shot uh, The Bachelorette, mm-hmm. which was also a bit of a beating when it's 180 degrees in the uh, middle of the day in the summer. But much cooler climate. You can kind of see behind me, the leaves are changing here. It's mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, I was actually watching The Bachelorette on Tuesday and my friends were like, why are all these dates at night? I'm like, well, they filmed in Palm Springs and it was a thousand degrees. So I'm glad you guys got out somewhere where their seasons are changing. And, you know, you've gone from hoping your show would last like six episodes, right? When you first started to having over 20 seasons of The Bachelor and now over 15 of The Bachelorette. And you said that the success of your show kind of felt like a rookie who won the Masters. Do you feel like a tour veteran now on reality television? Yeah, I do. You're right. You know, I did have that analogy of like, you know, your first year out of school and, and, you know, you go to the World Series or Super Bowl or win the Masters. It's like you don't really have perspective. You don't really know what it means. It's great. Um, But you just don't really understand it. And now after, uh, as you politely said, almost 30 years in this business. um, No, I, I do. I have that perspective and understand what it takes to not only get to where I am, but to stay here and to grind it out. And it's not promised to anybody. You know, yesterday's success does not guarantee tomorrow's. And, you know, we put on the bachelorette with Claire and you just have to hope that you've done a good job and you still have to grind it out and you still have to get those ratings year after year after year. So how do you find just the perfect characters to make sure you keep it interesting? You know, it it really is. It's a combination of a lot of things, Sarah. It, It takes great casting. We have phenomenal casting department that they're looking for these stories and looking for people that will be good stories. Um, But I have to give a huge tip of the cap to our producers and to our entire crew, but especially our producers, um, our executive producers and Bennett and Todd and Louie, Nicole Woods and uh, Martin Hilton. And, you know, they, I think there's this idea when you do reality TV that you point a camera at people and you just watch what they do. Um, That's not the case. It couldn't be further from the truth how hard our producers work at ferreting out stories, creating stories, trying to find different 
you know, avenues for drama or whatever. Um, it, they do a terrific job and very little of what they do is just sitting around hoping things work out. That's, that's not how it works. What about the innovation of your show? I mean, now you're filming in quarantine, right? It's a totally different scene when you're stuck in one place or a couple of places. So how do you guys talk through that? Yeah, Lex, it's been really interesting. You know, obviously we have the, the Bachelorette season under our belt. And now we're doing this one with Matt James, our Bachelor. And I tell you, it's really different. Um, you know, typically we, we're at the mansion. We're traveling around L.A. or California. We go on dates. And it just kind of relieves the pressure a little bit. And then we hit the road. You know, week four, week five, you start traveling around the world. And there's travel days. And then you even have dark days where we take a day off. And we'll, we'll all go and take a break and go to a nice restaurant or what have you. This is not that. This is just 24-7 pressure cooker. We're shooting every day, recording everything. And now that, that does lead to being, you know, like with Claire, you're going to see everything that's happening because we don't have that off day. But it's, it's a little bit more grueling and it's a little bit more intense for everybody, for the bachelors, bachelorettes, everyone involved. It's just a lot more in your face 24-7. And so you really just don't ever have that release. So how would you say, um, has the drama changed or sh shifted since the first season versus the latest season? I mean, yes and no. Obviously, things have changed in 19 years with I'm sitting here talking to you guys via Zoom. Tell me <laughs> that would have happened in 2001, 2002. <laughs> Not a chance. Um, you know, there was no podcast. There was no Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff. Social media didn't exist. But the great thing is, honestly, Sarah, is that what hasn't changed is the last you know, seven, eight minutes of our show. And that is these two people are hopefully falling in love. And at the end of the day, there's this man, there's this woman, and they have to stare at each other. They don't have their phones. They don't have anything else. And they just have to hope. And they're scared and they're frightened and they're insecure. And you have to say, I love you. And you have to take that leap of faith. And so I love the fact that in, in 19 years that I've been doing this, that hasn't changed. And if, honestly, if you want to be cheesy, go back to the start of time, it's always going to be that looking in someone's eyes and you hope they feel the same that you do. Um, and I, I, that's, I think the one thing we can all relate to, it doesn't matter about money and religion and race and all this stuff that, you know, are important right now. At the end of the day, it's just two people. So speaking more on, on the very first season, I actually watched that one. I, I don't watch as much as the bachelor. Come bachelor on, right how, now. Sarah, you were like four years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade, but I did watch it. Um, and I, I remember it because I loved it. It was one of two shows that I watched. I watched that. And then I watched uh, The Simple Life with like Paris Hilton. And I just remember being so captivated by both of them because it basically revolutionized TV, right? Like nobody knew what reality TV show shows were. That wasn't a thing until The Bachelor. Um, so I guess my question for you is how, how can we do the same thing with golf broadcasts? How can we revolutionize it to keep it fresh? Yeah. When I started survivor had just gone on the air and then we hit, um, and you know, nobody had really done a dating show like this, a reality dating show. And so it, there was a lot of invention going on. I know we all could probably, you know, produce and create our own rose ceremony now. Well, back then we had to figure out what, what is a rose ceremony? What are we doing? How do we, you know, wrap this thing up and, you know, how do we send people home? So creating it back in the day was fascinating and being a part of that. But the great thing about our show 
is you say the simple life or you know any of these other shows they 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 have an arc and they 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 kind of peak and then they start going down our show always kind of hits the refresh button every year so we're not with Alex Michelle anymore or Trista we are now with Colton and Pete and you know Rachel and you know Matt James or Claire so every year it's refreshed and you have whatever generation is dating at the moment, that's who's involved in this. And you're getting to follow Hannah B um, and not a 45 year old woman who's, you know, gone through this a lot. So I like the fact that we keep hitting that refresh button and I think it brings in more and more viewers and it keeps our viewers young, but the older viewers are still sticking around because they still love it, whether it's the nostalgia or they just, you know, feel for the show, they don't leave as well. So we, it, it really runs the gamut of, like you said, people in grade school to, you know, a 99-year-old grandmother loves this show. And don't sell yourself short, Chris, because people stick around for you. I've seen how Twitter works. They love you on there. And, you know, same as Jeff Probst. There's, like, this fascination with you guys as hosts, and people feel connected to you, too, which is something to be said when you, as a host, can communicate with an audience through the screen. Well, it's it. It's been, uh, well, first of all, thanks, Lex. It's, I appreciate that. And it is um, a, a joy and a privilege to have been a part of something for 20 years. And as you said in the opening, it's, it's a part of television history now. And that's not lost on me to, to have been a part of this from day one and, and continuing to do so. And it honestly seems stronger and more socially relevant now than it ever did, which is bizarre because it just doesn't happen. Um, it's like a dynasty in sports. You know, it, it eventually these players are going to get older and things happen. Sometimes things they go to Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the dynasty <laughs> goes to Tampa Bay. Um, but it's really bizarre that, you know, this show just keeps marching on. And, and it's a little dazed and confused because, you know, the contestants, you know, stay the same age and I get older. <laughs> and so it's a little <laughs> bit bizarre. But it has been amazing to be a part of. And like you said, with Jeff Probst, myself, there's certain guys that have have just been a part of something for so long that you feel like you know them. And, and I do, whether it's Twitter or if I'm out at a restaurant back when we used to go to things called restaurants. Um, I love that people do feel like they know me. They feel like we've earned this trust and this camaraderie that like, you know, Chris will take care of us. It's okay. You know, he, he'll put his arms around us and we'll be okay. For So, you know, like we have with football, we have Hard Knocks, which has been running, you know, for a number of years and gives you an inside look into football players. Do you ever think that something along those lines would be more fitting for golf? Because I think, you know, to say that you would have like a show maybe around pairing a player with a caddy might not have quite the same allure as The Bachelor. I, you know, I think we've seen some things uh, with these matches that have been put on. I think they were rough, uh, but like everything, every show is rough when you start. And the more we've been able to, A, you know, better use these microphones, get these players mic'd up, hear the caddies, bring in some fun announcers, some people from outside the world, like listening to Charles Barkley give Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and those guys grief was absolutely amazing. But also, you know, the more Tiger, the more Justin Thomas, the more these guys do this stuff, the more they realize, hi, oh, I can show my personality a little bit more. It's okay. Because, you know, golf does not lend itself to this crazy charisma in charm, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're trying to, you know, funnel this energy and, and try and keep it all inside. And so we're getting better and better at producing these shows. The last couple have been fascinating to watch. And the first couple were not fascinating to watch. Um, so they've definitely evolved. They've gotten better. This next one going to be very interesting uh, with Charles Barkley actually playing. I don't know if I really want to see him play more than one hole. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. 
I think that's most people's like feeling. They don't know what to think about watching Charles play 18. But yeah, it's great. Like watching a train wreck is kind of fun for a minute, but it's like, I don't know if I want to watch a six hour train wreck uh, because he's not going to hit a shot ever, like yeah. ever. So Phil Mickelson's going to be taking on two guys. That's basically what's happening. Well, you know what? Luckily for us, we can trust Jeff Newbarth to produce some sort of broadcast out of all of that, right? <laughs> he's going to be making chicken salad out of Charles Barkley. Um, it's going to be fun. No, look, I love this stuff. It's fascinating. And, you know, since we've been down and watching tournaments and watching all these sports without any fans, it's great to somehow feel a part of something like this. So it's going to be, it'll be great TV. So in terms of the, the Bachelorette, um, can you tell us a little bit about the relevance of female empowerment? How do you go with that on the show? With the Bachelorette? I mean, you know, the great thing about the Bachelor Bachelorette is I, I feel like we're never wagging the dog. The dog still wags the tail and we are the tail. We're a microcosm of what's going on in the world. And so, you know, I'm not saying the Bachelor ever changes the world, but I, I do feel like we've leaned into a lot of social issues over the years, whether it was slut shaming or, as you said, female empowerment, um, Hannah B and Claire, you know, being sex positive, all these kind of phrases and catch phrases that we talk about, but they live it. And I love the fact that, you know, when to go back a couple of questions, how the show has evolved and changed. One thing we've really been good about is leaning into all this stuff and not skirting around any issues, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, you got to lean into it. And I think fans demand that you guys are so savvy as viewers. Now you understand when you're being faked or when things are being overly produced. And yeah, we do produce our show to a certain degree, but if you don't feel like it's sincere at the end of the day, that you're not getting the best and the worst of Hannah B then you're not going to watch. And, and I, I think it would be disingenuous just to show Hannah in all her good moments and not the bad, the vulnerable moments, because that's what we all relate to, because we all have insecurities. We're all scared, but we also have those moments when you feel like you're on top of the world. So I like that we've leaned into all these social issues and, and really started to talk about it and create debate. Was there one example or one episode that was a really big learning lesson for you guys or something that was like a aha moment and then you were able to shift and um, I guess improve upon that? You know, I, th I think there was just things just slowly evolved. I don't know if there was ever that light bulb moment. Maybe if I went back to Ashley A. Bear um, in her season, uh, I forgot the guy's name who was uh, kind of the villain on that season. Um, but, you know, I didn't love the way we handled it. I kind of it kind of kept going on a little too long. And I felt like I should have probably told her and let her kind of tell this Bentley, maybe it's Bentley, uh, tell this guy off. And, uh, and it happened eventually, but I kind of thought, you know what, we need to kind of meet this stuff head on more as we get going. And so then, then you go to like, you know, Hannah B with Luke P or, um, you know, Claire and, and what you're about to see with uh, Yosef coming up. Um, there's those moments where you're like, okay, this is what it's all about. Let's lean into it. Let's really let it go and let them handle it. And I step in when I, when I have to or need to, but what I really like is to stay out of it and let them handle their own business. And, and these are amazingly strong, powerful women who, yeah, of course they have their insecurities. We all do, but I love to see those moments when they really stand up for themselves. Would you ever want your son to be the bachelor? Uh, my son or my daughter, you know, my son is so private uh, I doubt he would ever be that guy. I could see my daughter has uh, definitely more of the stage presence and that charisma that her dad has of like wanting to be on stage. Um, so I could see my daughter uh, 
maybe I told her, I said, just be the host. I said, you know, I can't do this forever. So uh, about the time I come out in a walker, I'll just bring my daughter out and Taylor can take it over. Just keep it in the family. All right. One more question before we move on to your golf game and your love <laughs> of sports. Um, what show would you host or want to be a part of before, like to get yourself out of your comfort zone? Oh gosh. If I was out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I like, I love being uncomfortable. I'm not, I see. What would it be? It, it would, it wouldn't be hosting anything because nothing like okay. there, there isn't a hosting job that would make me uncomfortable because that's what I love. It would have to be, you know, something like, you know, not, not, being a judge, but like having to be on the voice, having to be on American, like where I had to sing or like America's got talent. It's like, okay, you have to figure out what your talent is and it's not hosting television. What are you going to do? That would be the uncomfortable moment. I like it. I like it. I feel like you could have, um, you could taste wine. You could do sports history. There's a few <laughs> things you could. I don't know if drinking there. wine is a talent, but I sure try. You could taste ingredients. I'm that's I cannot sniff out ingredients to save my life. But that is one of my favorite things. Uh, speaking of ingredients, one of my favorite cameos I ever made was I'm a huge Food Network person, and I was on Iron Chef America, and uh, it was Bobby Flay and Chef Morimoto, the two Iron Chefs going mm-hmm. against each other. And I mean, speaking of ingredients, I spent the whole day just eating and eating, and it was the greatest day I've ever had. I'm like, this is awesome. You should go on Beat Bobby Flay. I would love to go on Beat Bobby Flay. I, I love Bobby, and I would love to try and out-barbecue Bobby Flay. That would be incredible. We need to figure out how to make this happen. We're going to make this okay. happen. No. <laughs> Speaking of celebrities and being around them, who's the coolest celebrity you've played golf with? Oh, wow. Um, it would have to be somewhere in the AT&T. I play a lot with Pat Monahan from Train. Um Joe Don from Rascal Flats has been a partner of mine the last couple of years. Um, you know, you know, a guy I just played golf with and met for the first time, Kunal Nayar from uh, Big Bang Theory. Are you, are you a fan of Big yes. Bang Theory? I love Big Bang. So Kunal's been on Big, you know, was on Big Bang Theory for forever. And I, I met him. And this is what I love about golf. We didn't know anything about each other other than, you know, I knew he was on Big Bang Theory and I'm a fan and he had seen The Bachelor and just turned out to be the greatest guy, just genuine great golfer by the way loves the sport loves the game and again that's one of the things i love about golf is like it just it's a great equalizer um and alfonso Ribeiro, another guy who i play a lot of golf with it is just a good guy um and so those are the things i I like when you get to meet someone on a golf course because it it just does it kind of just you know strips you down naked and and you're very raw it's like this is it man this is you know because we're all gonna hit bad shots we're all gonna whatever so it's how you deal with it so you've played with some pretty amazing people. Have you played some pretty amazing courses? Um, what are, I guess, what are your favorite ones you've played while traveling? Um, well, traveling, I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to play some, you know, the best of the best in the United States, whether it's, you know, I was fortunate and honored enough to step on Augusta and play Augusta and Cypress and, and Pebble Beach. I play Pebble Beach every year in the AT&T and I never get tired of it. It is, it might be my favorite course in the world. I just, I love that walk. I love that course. I love everything about it. Um, obviously Augusta is Augusta. And if I could, you know, take somebody somewhere, it would be there just for the experience. But Pebble Beach is just a, a mystical, mythical, special place. Uh, but around the world, I do try to play as much as possible, whether I'm in, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, um, Ireland, Scotland, you name it. I'll, I'll either take my clubs or, 
um, you know, I'll rent and, and figure it out when I'm there, but I try to play everywhere I am. Is there a contestant that's been on the show that is also like equally as golf crazy as you? Wells, Wells Adams. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is psycho. Um, he, he loves the game as much as I do. He now has a, uh, indoor, uh, facility in his house. Uh, you know, th th he goes through and hits nonstop. And so I play with Wells a lot. He's a, he's a good golfer. He grew up playing in high school. He's up from Monterey, uh, in that area up by Pebble and all that. So he played a lot growing up. So he's a stick and you know, who's really gotten good is Ben Higgins. Um, Ben Higgins was a good athlete but not a great golfer. And he's really put the work in and joined a club in Colorado. And he's actually really playing well right now. Cool. Well, you know, if they need golf clubs, you let us know. We will make, make it happen. But <laughs> speaking of what is in your bag right now? Um, my apex irons. Uh, you know, I don't know why I have them here. I didn't, I, I don't know why they weren't sitting here as my prop. <laughs> um, but uh, my apex irons, which are easily the best irons I've ever played in my life. But uh, and, and the Mavericks, the Maverick drivers that I picked up last year are just insane. Um, I, I'd never, I don't know if I've ever been as happy with my clubs as I have been this last year. They're just so pure and so good. I, I don't know how Callaway does it, but I know they're going to come out with something new and something extraordinary. And I, I will love that too, but I don't know how they're going to top what I have in my bag right now. So how's your golf game right now? It's actually decent, pretty tight. You you know, usually this time of year, I'm going through a big lull where I'm not playing golf. Um, but full disclaimer, um, there is a golf course or two where I am right now. So another hint. And uh, I am getting out. I think the course and the range is open. And it, so far, the winter is not hit here. So I've been able to hit some balls. And so um, I just got my invite to the AT&T, which really puts pressure on your back to get ready for February. So I'm, I'm going to get dialed in. Well, speaking of dialed in, is there someone on our Callaway staff that you would like to be partnered with? I will. I, it'll never happen because he is uh, always having to play with his sponsors. But I have never spent much time with Phil Mickelson. And I'm just I'm such a fan of not only Phil, but who Phil has become. Um, I just like like both he and Tiger have grown into be such good ambassadors of the game and just great people. And I, I have not heard a bad thing about Phil and I would love to hang out with him for three or four days and play in the AT&T. I know he has to play with his big sponsors. Um, but someday I would love a round of golf with Phil. Um, and then some of your young guys, Xander Schauffele, I know um, is such an amazing stick. I love his game um, and would love to uh, tee it up with Xander as well. So um, my hope is that, uh, you know, I'll pick one of the uh, Callaway uh, guys and, uh, team up with him in the 18th and we come down the 18th on Sunday, a couple of Callaway guys and raise the trophy. That is our hope. That is our hope too. And <laughs> I, so last year I was on social. I'm a huge fan of your girlfriend, Lauren. I think she's a great journalist and she's really funny as well. And um, I loved like watching her Instagram stories and like hashtag sports as you guys, as she's following you around. So if she ever decides that she wants to get into golf, let me know. We'll figure it out. We do have these women-specific clubs called Big Bertha Reva, and we're very excited about them, and I think that they would be great for her. Um, every year I have the honor of coming down to Callaway, and I come to the mothership, and I see everybody and, and get to say hi and then try out the new stuff. Um, as you know, uh, Lauren Zima is amazing in so many things. Sports is not her thing. 
um, at all. So I, my goal is to actually get her down to Callaway sometime. I may have to trick her and just say, babe, there's charcuterie, there's rosé, it's all about that. And then all of a sudden there's, there's golf clubs. And I say, well, while we're here, we might as well hit a couple. Uh, because here's the thing. She's actually sneaky athletic. And, and I've gotten her out a couple of times, again, when there's margaritas, when there's tequila right. around, she will come out. So it's just got to be fun for her. And, and I, you know, I'll never forget, we were walking down the fairway with Tiger Woods and Fred Couples at this event. And uh, she leans over and she's like, no, I've heard of the Tiger guy, but who's this other guy? And I said, that's Fred Couples. He's pretty, he's got a big deal. She's like, okay, cool. And so that, that's Lauren Zima in sports. But uh, let's do that. Lex, we're going to have to team up conspire together and let's yeah. get more in a, a set of clubs. I I know some people who make some great margaritas or we can get some rosé out there if she wants to do her recap from the test center, we can make it happen. I like I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, hey, Sarah, <laughs> you girl, you and Lex are there and I, look, if we can pop a rosé, let's have a good time and then then we'll get her we'll get her dialed in. Well, yeah, it that's sounds- the beauty of it. You don't necessarily have to play. You can just be there and have a drink and enjoy the sunshine and exactly. just just that. Like there's, there's nothing better to me, honestly. Like I'll go to the range at sunset and grab a cold drink, get a cold beer, whatever. It just, it's my therapy. And, you know, just go hit a couple balls. I don't care where it goes or how it's going. You just feel better when you leave. We totally agree. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for taking time out of your filming schedule to join us on the podcast. If you are not currently watching The Bachelorette, reminder, it's on on Tuesday nights now. I don't know why you wouldn't be watching. Yeah, who wouldn't be? But- By the way, the next two episodes, just, just prepare, just just get ready. I'm telling People you. Have, there are so many rumors swirling and I have so many questions that I know you can't answer. So I'm, I'm going to bottle them up and wait for these two episodes to happen. But there's a lot that's going to go down. So if you want to catch up, go watch it on ABC.com or, you know, Hulu or wherever you watch and follow Chris on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow us too, but we're not, our lives aren't quite as exciting as we are here in quarantine <laughs> and podcasting on Zoom. <laughs> but we'll see you next week on Girls and Golf.